0: Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media.
1: This is a golden moment for us as Christians to model our faith because you are the only Bible some people will ever read.
0: Yes, people will read us like a book. What do our lives say? Pastor Greg Laurie helps us to live in a way that boldly proclaims the good news of Christ.
1: There's five gospels. Yes, you heard me right. Five Gospels Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and you. This
0: is the day when the lost are found. This is the day for a new beginning. Oh, Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Oh, Again, you hear the angels are singing. This is the day, the day when life begins. Most people's lives make a statement. Some promote their footy team. It's emblazoned on their bumper stickers, their Rego plate, frames, caps, t-shirts. For others, it's their favourite social cause or political candidate. It's all they talk about. What's the message people get from your life and behaviour? Today, on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie urges us to follow Paul's example. Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the
1: Lord Jesus. title of my message is The Race We Must Win. And we're going to look at Philippians chapter 2. The Bible uses the analogy of running a race on more than one occasion. And it really doesn't matter if you run this race of life well. And by that I'm using it as a metaphor for knowing God and having a relationship with Him. It's not just enough to run the race. You have to finish the race you have begun. And that takes discipline. I read that a successful Olympic athlete will work out an average of four hours a day, 310 days a year, six years to compete for the gold. Can you imagine that? I've uh, met a few uh, Olympic athletes. I've actually met a couple who've won the gold. And I remember one of them let me hold their gold medal. And I said, if I won a gold medal in the Olympics, I would wear it everywhere. No matter where I went. People say, what is that around your neck? Oh, you mean my gold medal? <laughs> so those guys have to be disciplined because they're running for the gold. And this is the thing, that we're in a race of life and there are winners and losers. Now, I know that the trend today, especially among younger people, is to say, we don't really have winners or losers. You get a participation trophy for just showing up. Okay, that's cute, but that's not real life. Uh, I think we need to understand that in the race of life, there are winners and losers. And listen, God wants you to win in the race that you are running right now. So we're running this race, and we don't want anything to hold us back. The author of Hebrews, who I think was probably Paul, wrote these words. We're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, so let us lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily hinders us and run this race with endurance. So listen, in the race of life, in this relationship with God, there are things that help us run faster and there are things that stop us from making progress. But the thing that I love is Paul later said to the elders of Ephesus when he was leaving them, I have run my race with joy. Listen to this. The Christian life is a happy life. It's a joyful life. Obeying the Lord is not duty. It's not mere drudgery. It should be a delight. Something we enjoy doing. And there can be happiness in it. Now, I've met runners uh, who will enjoy a run. After they've they've gone out and run for a few miles, they'll say, that was a great run. And they'll tell me that they have the endorphins released. I, I have never had an endorphin release, except when I'm eating, does that count? But you know, I don't think I've ever met an endorphin, but there's this runner's high. Well, I'm telling you, if you're walking with the Lord, if you're running for the Lord, if you're serving the Lord, there's a joy in this. But there are things that we might describe as obstacles to our happiness things that can slow us down in the race of life. Listen, if you want to be a happy person, there are certain things you do and certain things you do not do. Someone sums it up perfectly. It says, happy is the man that does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of the scornful. But then it goes on to say, but his delight, notice that his delight not his mere duty or drudgery. His delight is in the word of the Lord. And in it does he meditate day and night. So a happy person doesn't do some things and he does do other things. He doesn't walk in the council of the ungodly people, having them drag him down. But instead, he focuses on the word of God. And when the Bible uses the word meditate, it means to ponder, to think about, to consider, to contemplate, as well. Okay, so if you're taking notes, here's point number one, based on Philippians chapter two. Complaining and bickering can hinder our happiness and running the race of life. Let me repeat that. Complaining and bickering can hinder our happiness and running the race of life. Look at Philippians chapter two, verse 14. Paul writes, do everything readily and cheerfully, no bickering, no complaining, No second guessing allowed. Go into this world uncorrupted. A breath of fresh air in this squalid and polluted society. Provide people with a glimpse of godly living as you follow the Lord. It's interesting, Paul says, don't be a complainer or someone, as the King James Version puts it, who murmurs. This is a golden moment for us during this COVID-19 crisis as Christians to model our faith because you, you are the only Bible some people will ever read. As I've said before, there's five gospels. Yes, you heard me right. Five gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and you. So they're looking at you. People who don't know the Lord are watching you. So let's be people who are blameless as we follow Jesus Christ. Now that brings us to a text I want to kind of dive into with you. So go over to Philippians chapter 3 now and turn to verse 12. Paul writes, Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. Brothers, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. You might underline that phrase, this one thing I do. Forgetting the things that are behind. Reaching forward to the things that are before. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And if you are mature spiritually, you will have this mind. Powerful words. The race of life. We're all in it. The moment you became a Christian, you entered this race. And I want to share with you now some principles on winning this race of life. Principle number one, you must be dissatisfied with where you presently are. You must be dissatisfied with where you presently are. Paul says in verse 12, not as though I have already attained or am already perfect. Another translation of what Paul says in Philippians uh, chapter three, verses 12 to 14, is, quote, I'm not saying I have this all together. It's a modern translation. Uh, or that I have it made. But I'm well on my way reaching out for Christ who has reached out to me. Friends, don't get me wrong. I'm not an expert in all of this, but I've got my eye on the goal where God is beckoning me onward to Jesus. I'm not turning back. I'm off and running. Listen, we all ought to be coming out of this COVID crisis better than when we went in. We ought to be coming out of it as a different person. Stronger spiritually not weaker. You know we need to be ready to take ground not lose ground. And I think the best days of our ministry are ahead of us not behind us.
0: This is a new beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie, the Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Fellowship in Riverside, California, USA. Thanks for joining us. Today, Pastor Greg is offering several principles to help us to run the race of Christ successfully, especially in this critical time. It's a message called The Race We Must Win. Let's continue.
1: Point number two, get rid of extra weight and things that would slow you down. Again, get rid of extra weight and things that would hinder you. Uh, verses seven and eight, Paul says, what things are gained me, I've counted loss for Christ. I count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Jesus Christ, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things. I count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ. Rubbish, that's a good word, isn't it? King James word. Uh, over in England, they say that, oh, that's just rubbish, right? Just rubbish, Cheers." Right, well, rubbish, trash probably isn't the best word. It's maybe a nice word. But the word that Paul uses actually is uh, describing excrement. Uh, how do I, I think it translates out to the English word poop. Yes, I'm sorry, I use that word. Uh, when you're out walking your dog, uh, you, I hope you carry doggy bags. Don't be one of those people that let your dog go and you don't clean up after it because you know we've all stepped in that and that's no fun. So let's say you're out walking your dog and your dog relieves itself. You clean it up, you put it in the little bag, right? And you tie it. Now, what are you gonna do with that bag? Are you gonna carry it around for the rest of the day? Are you gonna say, hey, everybody, look at this. And that'd be gross, right? You wanna get it in the trash as quickly as possible, and when we are sort of boasting of our old life before we knew Christ, that's like someone carrying around a doggy bag. Paul is effectively saying, I count that stuff as excrement that I may win Christ. Whatever I accomplished before I was a believer, it's rubbish, it's garbage, it's it's poop <laughs> compared to what Christ has done for me. And he says that we should. Get rid of this extra weight. Those things that would slow me down, I want to get rid of. You know, I don't know about you, but I'm kind of a pack rat. In fact, I'm like a pack rat on steroids. Not quite a hoarder. Maybe a mini hoarder. But, you know, I I drag a bunch of stuff with me wherever I go. Like when we travel, I'll, I'll take two of everything. Uh, so I'll have two charge cords for my computer, two uh, of whatever else I need. And my wife will say, why do you bring all that stuff? I say, i just like to always have an extra. Then we'll arrive at our destination. She'll say, oh, I forgot my charge cord for my phone. Do you have an extra? Well, yes, I do. And I pull it out, right? But I, I carry all these things with me. And the problem is if you're in between flights and say you're carry-on and you're rushing from one gate to another, you, that slows you down. Now we're in the race of life and we have to look at things that we do, things that we're involved in, relationships that we have and we need to ask ourselves this question about a relationship, about a pursuit, about a hobby, whatever it might be. Ask yourself this, is it a wing or is it a weight? Does it speed me on in the race of life or does it actually slow me down? And we're told there in Hebrews 12, that were to lay aside the weight and the sin that so easily besets us. Number three, we must run this race of life with the right motive. Paul speaks of only one receiving the prize. We're going for the gold and there's a reward waiting for us in heaven. But I'm not running the race for the reward. I'm running the race for Jesus. Paul says in Philippians 3.10, my determined purpose in life is that I might know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. It's not enough to know about God. You need to know God himself. A lot of us know about God. You know, I've had people uh, say to other people, oh yeah, you know, I, I was Greg Laurie's roommate or we were best friends in high school. And so someone will say, Hey, I met your best friend from high school. Well, what was their name? And they'll tell me the name. I say, actually, I've never heard of that person before. So maybe they knew about me, but they didn't know me and I didn't know them. I think the Lord has a lot of so-called friends like that too. Jesus talked about it in Matthew 7, 21. He says, many will come to me in that day. And they'll say, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not do miracles in your name? Did we not cast out demons in your name? And Jesus will say, depart from me, I never knew you. Paul says, my determined purpose in life is to know God. Bringing me to point number four. He had a clear objective when he says, this one thing I do in verse 13. This one thing I do. David, the great psalmist and king of Israel, summed it up this way in Psalm 27. One thing I will ask of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord forever. One thing. Paul says, one thing I do. David says, one thing I'm seeking after. One day Jesus came over to visit Mary and Martha, and uh, Martha wanted to make a great meal for the Lord. Imagine if Jesus showed up at your house, ladies. Would you want to offer him a great meal? Uh, lunch or dinner. And uh, so she's whipping up a feast, fit for a king, because, well, he was a king. And her sister Mary, instead of working in the kitchen with Martha, just sat at his feet, drinking in his words. And Martha got a little frustrated, because she needed a little help. She needed a sous chef, right? And Mary's in the front room, so she comes out, probably had her hands on her hips, her apron, food splattered everywhere. And she actually says, Lord, Tell my sister to help me. And I love the words of Jesus. He says, Martha, there's only one thing you should be concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and I will not take it away from her. One thing. What is the one thing that gets you up in the morning? What is the one thing that gets your blood pumping? What is the one thing you are really passionate about? There was a movie out years ago called City Slickers, and uh, Billy Crystal uh, starred in it. And he played the role of a New York guy who was having sort of a midlife crisis. And uh, he was in his late 30s and his marriage was falling apart. So he went to a dude ranch. If you don't know what that is, uh, that's a place where people would go back in the 80s. I don't know, maybe there's dude ranches still. But you could become be a cowboy for two weeks, dressed like a cowboy, herd cattle. So there was this one cowboy that worked at the dude ranch named Curly, played by... Actor Jack Palance, and he was a salt of the earth kind of guy, a man of few words. And, uh, and so, uh, Billy Crystal's character was riding with Curly one day and, and Curly turns to, uh, Billy Crystal and he says, you know what? It's the one thing in life that really matters. And Billy Crystal says, but what is the one thing? And he says, that's for you to find out. So we need to figure out what the one thing is. And I'm going to tell you what it is right now. What it was for Paul what it was for David, what it was for Mary, the one thing was Jesus. Following Jesus, knowing Jesus. That's what we should focus our attention on. So when I'm in the race of life, what keeps me going is I see Jesus. I'm not running this race for people. I'm not even running this race for whatever heavenly reward I may receive. I'm doing it for him.
0: Pastor Greg Laurie with some great insight today on how we should be running our race for Christ. And tomorrow, Pastor Greg comes back to complete this study from Philippians chapters 2 and 3. Some good insights for the times in which we live. It's from the series Quarantine Life, right here on A New Beginning. Pastor Greg's full message from today get in touch with Vision Christian Store it was called The Race We Must Win go to visionstore.org.au or call 1-800-00-50-11 station sponsor thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media to find out more about us go to vision.org.au